Hey guys, what's up? Nick here. Hey, it's that time of year again. Mikey's a huge fan of Halloween, but personally, I love Christmas. It's always dark, it's cold, it's miserable. What's not to love? Nah, just kidding, but I genuinely love the season. The smells, the sights, and everything feels so homey. Chestnuts and fires and all that. It's just a good time to, you know, sit back and remember the good old days, love your family, and appreciate what you've got. Anyways, if you want to get right to the goods, go ahead and jump to the 12-minute mark. Happy holidays, everyone. Go sip on some cocoa and tell your mom you love her. I'll talk to you soon. Previously on Knucklebuds. Exhausted and weary from the road, the butts decided it's time to take a load off. Crushadome isn't going anywhere after all. During the night, Liza sees a small group of nervous-looking echoes walking up the steep slopes of the dome. However, Babatha's watch during the night was even more eventful. A large, emaciated, knuckly, bulbous-eyed creature with disgusting, oversized fairy wings crawled its way out of her new book and offered its power and knowledge in return for the jawbones of various creatures. Galtier did nothing of import during his watch and thought an intervention may be necessary for his two teammates when hearing their experiences. Early the following morning, the group was treated to a beautiful view before slip-sliding their way down the stairs into an old, dwarven tunnel below. Bone boys, Galates, Osteo-NBs, Trans, Taluses, Chitin Kids, and all the cartilaginous folks in between, welcome back to Knuckle Bones. I did something really bad this week. Did you tweet yourself? I watched the entire Austin Powers trilogy, and now I just have no faith left in humanity. We thought that was funny. Listen. We thought that was great. I... I, I mean, you were like seven when that came out. I'm not one to to <laughs> bash the nostalgia of the admittedly problematic Austin Powers, but there's something that happens to your psyche when you are working from home and your spouse comes home several hours before your workday is done, and somehow over all other ambient noises in the house, you can hear. And you're like, oh my god, he's watching more Austin Powers. Oh, like, behave. I, I, I hate so that I'm going to say this, but I, I am going to defend Nick's choice of a way to spend an afternoon. Oh, oh wow. God, even further, I'm going to say I also watched the first Austin Powers in yes. the last 10 days. Yes. Oh my god. And uh, forgot how many, like, I was I was really split because you're absolutely right. There's a ton of stuff that you're like, oh God, I don't remember this being this gnarly. Like you definitely <laughs> yeah. should not be saying that shit. And there was a bunch of stuff that I was like, no, this still 100% will make me laugh. And yeah, I don't know if I that was, makes me an idiot, but yeah, I don't know if I, I care. That's that's what I'm saying is like I like I think that it holds up okay. Like some of the comedy is still good, which I find very depressing that I still find. That. Funny. I the, the thing that got me to, like locked me back into like oh maybe I will enjoy watching this was uh right after he gets unfrozen and they're going through all his belongings and 
it's just it's like the dick pump and all the like weird sex stuff <laughs> and he keeps trying to tell uh, i forget the fucking character's name but he's just like it's not my bag baby and the guy holds up the book that's like dick pumps and shit like it's definitely my bag baby by austin powers <laughs> that's a perfect joke like i don't know what you want me to do it's, it's so bad it's i mean the most predictable just like nope we're gonna double down on the same shit and you're gonna laugh motherfucker I watched all three of them, right? So, like, it wasn't so bad that it made me shy away from the second one, and the second one wasn't so bad that it made me shy away from the third one. So, like, there's something there. I, I encourage everybody to watch it and question your very existence. The first Austin <laughs> Powers came out in, like, 99? The first one was 97, 98, maybe, because I remember I was around 10, and I we didn't see it. Like, I didn't see it in theaters or anything, but my mom let us rent it. And we watched it when I was, like, definitely too young to watch that movie. Oh, same. And then, like, she watched it with us, and we all laughed a lot. And it's a thing that, like, re-watching it, I was thinking about and being like, that is wild. Like, I can't <laughs> believe I watched this with my mom when I was, like, 10 or 11. I, my, I used to watch them with my dad. Like, they were the only, like, movies that were out at bear camp. And so, yeah. like, me, dad, and Richard was like, all right, well... <laughs> Guess we're going to watch the first one again. Like, what else did we have? The 90s was a hellscape of culture. And I... <laughs> <laughs> and We didn't and know what anything just... was. Like, I get why people think that, because it's the stuff that pervaded. But I also think that, like, like the early to mid-90s, where, like, you're, you sort of have the second wave of protest culture, but it's, like, weird capital protesting stuff like in 1992 you could see rage against the machine and white zombie at the same club like that's that's a fucking peak time for art to me you know what it's like oh yeah there's lots of trash stuff all the time but there's also just like gems all the time you know what i mean yeah but cinematically the 90s were very much about 90 minutes of distraction something that kept you engaged in the theater but didn't necessarily make you think too hard or feel too much after you. Left. I mean, or is that because we're all from like basic ass families that were kind of broke and we we're all dumb? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's actually what they say hash, in film studies. Hashtag triggered. <laughs> Come on, but, but you know, hashtag what I mean? like, film studies actually. Well, no, like, like night had a resurgence of. Uh... No, like yeah, that was the time of the like big, um, like the real blockbuster, like. You know, the 80s kind of ushered that era in, and the 90s was sort of the golden age of the, like, vapid fucking July movie. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's... American Pie. What's I also up? think, like, Jurassic Park is supposed to be one of those movies, and it's, like, an all-time great fucking movie. Like, fight me on that shit. It's a yeah, perfect no. movie. Jurassic Park is widely considered, like, the dawn of the dumb blockbuster age. And it's, like, I have it's never a fucking that. incredible. That's what my film studies teacher told us. That's like the opposite of what my like film studies said because it was like such a, a huge thing like in terms of like effects and storytelling that like Well and I think both can be true though. Easily right? like, one of my favorite movies. It, it did that financially, it was also a big effects driven movie. It's also just like good and I think the truth is that like you can have both, right? I, I mean I, I've always thought of it as like every the Jurassic Park kick started the idea of like we can come out with a big, like, a big movie in the summer and it will make us a shit ton of money. Yeah. And then people just started making dog shit in the summer to try and make <laughs> a lot of money. And so, like, there would be, like, one good one every year or two and it would be like, okay, cool, this can kind of go in the good pantheon. But, like, then for every, I don't know, Independence Day, which is, like, kind of dog shit but also very fun and good, 
you would get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I don't know. Okay, like... hold up. <laughs> also, I... also a masterwork piece of art. I'm talking about the one in like 2014. Yeah, that one was dog shit. But when I I said that uh, the 90s were a hellscape of culture, I'm more or less talking about the way that people acted in oh, yeah. in media and like the oh, I would say the only 90s culture stuff that I like is like um, uh, Fresh Prince, and that's like 80s into 90s. I mean, but like acted in media is a little too broad. Like, let me introduce you to some 1920s pulp serials where we just beat the shit out of every woman for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. Not that I want to defend all the bad shit from the 90s, but it's like, you know, progress is uh, not very linear, right? And it's like, there, it, you get that weird thing of your your slope. Max, favorite movie? I don't know, man. I'm not a... I don't watch it. I, I don't know. Talk. Matt, do you have a favorite movie? You gotta have I mean, a favorite movie. The answer I usually give is Jurassic Park, because if it has to be a single movie... But it's uh, actually still Magnolia's. <laughs> Nah, it's the problem is that if you get into like, well, what's your, you know, if you're allowed to sort of understand the context of it, what's your your favorite? And I always am like, well, the truth is that it's probably some amalgamation of the Star Wars films, which is like all of my childhood, you know. Um, sure, sure, sure. And I I will often also cite uh, the Lethal Weapons as a great example of movies that are not like these are not going to change the fucking world, right? These movies, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, that's dumb and maybe bad, and also. In terms of a movie-going experience, I think it checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, that's that's. Sure. I'll stand Mikey? up for that as like a dumb action movie thing. Mikey, what's your favorite? Uh, that's also a little bit hard in terms of like Desert Island kind of movie because uh, sentimentally, the you know old the kind of classic movie musicals, um, The Sound of Music and Funny Girl. Like, I watch both of those a few times a year. Uh, I would also say that The Shining is one of my favorite films, you know, so it's kind of like, uh, well, again, like Matt said, well, when you say favorite, this is, this is, crazy. is it like how, what do you want to, like, what do you want to watch over and over and over again? Or what one would you be like saddest to never be able to watch again? I don't know. You guys are crazy. The only right answers are Back to the Future Part 1 and Starship Troopers. That's it. Those You're are the only right answers. Though. Okay. Okay. I I can't believe it. You guys have to go into elaborate explanations about your favorite movie. Nah, man. You sit back, you relax for an hour and a half, and you enjoy it. No one's gonna like this. I uh, don't really <laughs> like either any of the Back to the Future movies. Jeez. I, I didn't watch them young enough for them to have any sort of nostalgia cachet. So I watched them. I didn't watch them until like, I was older. And I was like, oh, these are bad. No, and I watched I them like, when I was like 25, maybe, and I was like, I felt the opposite. These are great. You also watched them when we were teens. Okay, maybe that's my definition of older. <laughs> I didn't watch them when I was a kid, 25. <laughs> Yeah, 25, you know, when you're 15. Hello, yeah. fellow kids. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> fellow kids. Uh, guys. Yeah. All right, here we go. More, more significantly about, about films, uh, if we're going to talk about films, we're really going to talk about anything in terms of, like, the cultural current zeitgeist. I don't. I know this is going to come out long after the fact, but uh, we did a double feature of Space Jam yesterday, oh. and we I'm did so, so with uh, someone who had never seen the first film before, and so we wanted, you know, an unbiased opinion, right? Because all of us were like, hashtag not our Space Jam. Um, 
but still really wanted to see it. Uh, but we, we were like, well, let's get, let's get this person's read, seeing them back to back. And uh, I gotta say, it holds up. Michael Jordan is uh, yeah. the superior. Don't, just, don't you dare. I just, mean, don't you, you say, dare. Hold just, on. You said it holds just, up. And then you he's said just, he's the superior. Are you? Does it only hold up in that it's better than the new one, which is clearly going to be dog shit? Uh, well, I'm saying he's the superior protagonist uh, for sure. Okay. Oh, well, oh, yeah, uh, everyone definitely yeah. accurate. LeBron I thought you were going to say he's the superior us. basketball player, and like, well, I've, uh, I've got some. Michael feelings. Jordan will always be the superior basketball player, only in that he lives rent free in LeBron's head because his whole fucking life is about trying to be <laughs> Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he literally oh, well, made yeah. another space jam it's crazy that's a crazy thing to do well look we well, can sit here and talk about movies all night or we can get in and we can play our game where we make a cinematic movie in our brains i was the only one who passed that dex check right that sounds right i think you were in the back too weren't you i believe so so we can start this session off with rolling a couple of d6s for damage for everybody except liza who managed to successfully pass a dex check and not slide down the slippery, wet, steep stairs of Cresha Dome. So yeah. what do you guys say? A couple of damage points, huh? We'll just get things to pop it off. I mean, look, if I have a say, how about no? Yeah. What about, what about, about just not, how about, dog? How about a clean six points of bludgeoning damage as you plummet Ooh. down into the dome? Right, um, right, and that'll right. be for all three of you, excluding Liza. Can you say that number again? That would be a clean six. You keep saying it's clean, I don't believe you. It's a clean, bloody six as you smash your head it into feels the dirty walls. from where I'm sitting. <laughs> Based on how so, wet you described the sides of the walls, I don't think it's clean. <laughs> nah, it's sticky for I sure. I think that's a pretty mucky six. Yeah, it's, it is pretty dirty, actually. So... This staircase that leads down into the dome is old. The stone walls are damp. There's small rivulets of water that run down on the sides. And there's this thin film of grime, pockets of moss that cling to the staircase. And it leads down, it curves down and around, and you guys thump, 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 clunk, clunk, clunk down to the bottom of the staircase. Liza, you are able to gently and carefully walk all the way down to the bottom where we need to establish who can see and who cannot. Gaultier, yeah. do you have any torches? I, I, I definitely can't see, but I definitely also have torches. So if I need to, I will strike one up. I'm going to say do it because I love the idea of... I don't think that it gets done enough in D&D of like venturing into the dungeon with a torch because like that ambiance that feeling of like the flickering flame as you're exploring it just sounds I, fun to me i light a torch yeah. and it gives us that perfect lighting where like it looks like cool torch light but clearly it's lit from off stage because we can actually still see everything <laughs> clear i mean Ma- babitha could also cast light on an object oh. sick okay i mean babitha has dark vision so uh she'll probably uh, I think she'll take off one of her like layered necklaces and she will cast light on it and she will loop it around. Oh, great. And that's 30 feet, right? It's actually, it's 
bright light in a five foot radius and dim light for an additional five feet. Oh, okay. Oh, that's even cooler, actually. Whenever they're near each other, Galtier just has that thing of like he has an old flashlight and Babitha has like a new yeah. LED one that just washes <laughs> his out. Babitha, Babitha was going to give that to Blip, but Liza, do you have dark vision? No, no. Then I... This is I great, does Blep? I don't know <gasps> if Grom I kind of did. imagined everyone else was just, just fell down into the hole and Liza just looked down into the dark and was just like, fuck. And then just like slowly... <laughs> as, yeah, as Liza's them. starting to head down, you they get a few steps down and it's like, oh, damn it! And then like, <laughs> the torch lights up. Yeah. <laughs> So I actually, I'll take off, uh, yeah, like, I'll take one of my, I'll take a, a random potion that's got, like, a, a hook on it, and I'll clip it to Liza, I'll cast light on Liza, so you've got your little clip-on light glow stick, and then I've got the little necklace one on Blep. And oh, I love that. Babs is good to go. If I were to nice. shape change into a, into a drow elf or something, could I just get... No, I like vision. where your head's at, but definitely not. Okay, you know, I imagine just, if you know. could just transform and take all of their racial abilities too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be a little overpowered. My maybe. constitution winner. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, that would be all of a sudden. Absurd. Li Liza's uh, Liza's name is Ben Tennyson, and they have a watch. <laughs> Do y'all understand that reference, or are you nope. too old? Ben I have no ten. idea what you're talking big, about. Big Ben, ten, Big Ten, Big Ben. What is that? Ben, What's it called? It was called Ben Tin. The dog. Ben Tin Tin. I was on. I was on to it. I was real close. Tin yeah. <laughs> Tin, the comic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you guys strike up your torches. You cast your lights so that you can see. And what you see is a fairly large. It kind of looks like an antechamber here. The stone walls themselves are mostly gray and black, but you can see intricately carved scenes of various battles that are carved into the stone. The floors of this room are smooth. Maybe they were once a reflective surface, but now they're just coated in dirt and dust, but they're very smooth. This was probably, when it was made, a very beautiful place, but this memorial has fallen into disrepair, not unlike Crescia itself. To the right, you see a pile of old rotted scrap wood apparently strewn aside without care. Straight in front of you, 15 feet or so, is a path. And just to the right of that is like this large hole that looks like a pool of water that goes under a stone or under the wall. There are three hallways that lead away from this chamber. Basically, left, right, and forward. And behind you, but you guys know what's back there. What would you guys like to do? Can you explain, so the path is leading up to the pool of water. Is it path not leading up to the door on that far side? So, so this is like a large carved antechamber, right? So you're not on a path per se, um, it's just but, but there are open paths in front to the left and to the right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And then just to the side of the one straight in front of you is this, like, pool in the floor. Is Liza able to see any sort of markings 
like as they look towards these different paths or as they look towards this pool? Um, you don't see anything in particular on the floors. So like I said, the floors are like this ornate, polished, carved kind of, um, yeah. or not carved, this ornate, polished surface of this stone. So there's nothing like on the floor. It's just like natural stone that has been cleaned up to look very fancy. And gotcha. you can tell that it's not, it's just not maintained anymore. Gotcha. And was this, was this made by the dwarves? Can we gather that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, based on the on the plaque above on the stone that you read, that this place was some sort of a memorial to the dwarves. So, are we all having to like crouch down so we don't hit our heads? <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> that's a great it's question, very, but no, this it's it's carved. It's carved pretty tall. So again, you see like it's depictions of these battle scenes, and each one of them is like a separate plaque that you see engraved into these walls and it kind of like goes full circle around this room and like the also stations of the up. cross. Can I, so you say they're bad. Is there anything distinct about these scenes? Um, so we know that this is a monument to those lost during the 27 year war. So are these specific uh, battles from that war or does it just kind of look like? Uh, roll a history bone. God here was going to ask the same thing. Would you like us to roll separately or um, It's up to you guys. Maybe you guys talk it out while you're looking at things or maybe you're looking separately. It's kind of up to whatever the situation you think you'd find yourselves in. Uh, I'll call it help action because I think Gaultier is for sure like right over Babitha's shoulder like annoyingly because he's just taller than her and she can't do anything about it. Just say whatever facts he does know, he's just saying all the time. <laughs> Liza's just trying to get their eyes acclimatized to the light. So they don't see anything. They just see shiny things. Double bone. That is a 13 and a 14 plus... Three, which is a 17. Okay. So you're not explicitly familiar with all the stages of this war, right? Everybody knows what it is and basically what happened. But you're able to identify that each one of these sort of panels that are carved into the wall, which are beautifully done, depict separate stages of this war, different battles that happened that were probably majorly significant, right? You can see on the first panel on your left as you're walking in is like a scene of the ocean carved into the stone where there's ships coming on and dwarves waiting on the shoreline, you know that this was the scene of when man came to Arbalea. And piecing these things together with what Galtier is telling you, you can tell that each one of these depicts a, a significant battle that maybe influenced the tides of the war in some way or something. Got it. And these various entrances, or these like different kind of branching points that we could go off to, do they all just look kind of like just standard doorways is there anything demarking them like to make them distinguish from one another um they're all just open passageways um okay. there's there's nothing that uh, aside from the old rotten wood that's discarded off to the right there's nothing really that indicates anything different except that you're noticing as you're looking at these panels that it flows to the left 
depicting this history of the war, right? So like in the antechamber, when you're looking at it, you're missing a huge portion because you didn't go to the room to the left, if that makes sense. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and it does look like chronologically it goes from like left to right. It goes clockwise from where we're at. Like we're at six o'clock. Yep. Okay. So I think that Babitha will be kind of and I sorry to interrupt, but like as a GM note, like don't feel that you have to like follow the chronological order of events here. Like this is a free a free place to explore. Like you guys would you guys would know that that doesn't have much implication to what you're doing. Babitha wants to walk to the doorway on the left just because she's following this. I think that as she's investigating these various in murals she wants to kind of look down each of the passageways she has 60 feet of dark vision i believe let me see yeah oh so i can see dim light within 60 feet of me as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light so quick clarification nick like are we at like the center of a four-way stop having come from the back or is there a or is the center of a four-way uh, like a cross pattern in front of us and we're at the bottom of a circle. So just for simplicity's sake, you guys <laughs> you guys enter at six o'clock. Um, so the stairwell is directly behind you. Um, and there is So we would have to walk to the center of the circle to go left or right. Yes. Got it. Okay. That, it's, it's a pretty big was... antechamber. It's it's probably like forty or fifty feet uh, in diameter, so it's fairly large. Um you know, so you would be following these the contours of the stone, like the natural stone that these are carved in. It's not perfectly circular. It's probably actually closer to like a square shape, but it's natural stone that they're carved in, so it's not perfect. Got it. Okay. Does Fabitha see anything? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it just makes sense to move clockwise. That's how she would be kind of viewing everything. And as she got to each doorway respectively she'd want to look down them okay so you gaze down this hallway and you can see the end of of this particular offshoot from the main room it goes in 10 or 15 feet and then in a similar almost square circle kind of shape is about a 20 foot room that has on the walls you see again these depictions of these battle scenes similar to the antechamber carefully crafted depictions of these various battles are carved into the walls of this makeshift kitchen. There's a deeply stained wooden table that has an array of large knives and various cooking utensils. A long rectangular crate is pushed up to the right wall and appears to be leaking some sort of fluid. There's a weird makeshift small wood stove that has this narrow exhaust that's jammed into a hole in the wall. And this very clearly is a makeshift kitchen in this space. The feeling that you get walking in here is that in its heyday, this place would have been an open space for people to gaze at the craftsmanship. And so it looks like someone has made it into a kitchen since then. Yes. Okay. So it looks like someone is maybe squatting here. Yes. Okay. Babitha wants to uh, uh, kind of like nod to Bleh and uh, just sneak in and um, hide all of the knives. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, there's like a butcher's block and then there's 
a, a solid like array of various um, knives, butcher's knives, fillet knives, all sorts of different types, and you know basic cutlery and, and kitchen utensils. But you can leave out the ladles. Yeah, I'll definitely leave the ladles. Hmm. You never know when you might need a good ladle. What do you do with them? Do you just take them with you? I mean, yeah, may as well put them in my pack. It's your pint glass. Just a pack full of knives. You know how I do. I mean, I could probably wrap them in my like wrap them in my bedroll. You know, so just take a minute and kind of go. I'll just take care of these. Uh, I'd also Blep wants to go over and I guess would it be Blep or Babitha? No, it would be Blep. Blep wants to go over and look at and smell the liquid leaking from the crate. Ooh, have Blep roll me a, a nature roll. Oh. I thought you were like gonna it. say Constitution. I was gonna be like, God damn, already. Mm-hmm. The crate explodes. Deck save. That's <laughs> a sixteen. Fourteen plus two. Blep walks over to this crate and starts investigating, and it's pretty obvious to him that the stuff that is leaking out of this crate is blood. Ooh, no. He chirps over to Babitha uh, and just kind of nods, and she takes stock of what he's doing. And she's going to say, Oh, oh dear, um... Eliza, Gaultier, um, would you mind joining us for a moment? Liza was just about to reach down into the pool to start drinking some of that water in there and was like, oh, okay, yeah, y- yes, I am coming. What? Liza, what roll a con save. <laughs> I said they were just about. I did not say they Liza, were going Liza, roll a con save. <laughs> I'm terrible. Oh, okay. Um, I believe that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20? Yeah. The only thing that stops you from taking a drink from this pool is the foul, acrid smell of urine and shit that resonates mm, out of it. That, you know, that checks out. That checks out. It's disgusting. I've had worse. Okay. I mean, at least take a ladle. <laughs> what do you guys do in the kitchen, uh, Galtier and Liza? Are you, are you guys coming? Yes. Or are you guys, I guess maybe we should resolve like what Liza and Galtier are doing since we're probably all doing these things at the same time. I, what I was going to say was that Galtier was literally like heading to the middle of the room to like keep eyes on both of you at the same time. Like, because cool. even though it makes sense for us to look around a little bit, we don't want to be split up, you know? Yeah. So he, I think yeah. he was like kind of hoping for someone to go like, hey, let's be together. Perfect. Yeah. And Liza really couldn't, couldn't really gather anything, didn't really care to engage with the scenes of war and couldn't find anything that was like indicating where they should go so they were just kind of chilling got it what have you found babitha well um first of all just want to say it took all the knives just in case but i didn't want to be an asshole so i did leave the ladles um but now that i'm seeing this and she gestures to the crate with the blood leaking out of it she goes now i'm not even so confident I want to leave the ladles. Anyway, um, I was just wondering if one of you would uh, be interested in just, just you know, popping that. But, well, now, what sort of blood is it? Well, I don't know. That little yeah. foul beast you call a friend eats all sorts of critters. I presume it could tell the difference. Is it the good kind He's of blood or bad? He's not going to lap up the blood. He, what do you think he is? Oh, he could... <laughs> well, I think he's a monster, frankly. But I thought he might smell it. 
Why don't you go smell it and let me know what you think it is, Galtier? I mean, I just smelled the water over there, so I can only imagine the blood in that thing does not smell great. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna put, just, that's my guess. Uh, Galtier is going to go over and smell the, maybe not the blood on the floor, but like the corner of the crate. Like he's, he's going to try to look dignified doing this, which is a statistical impossibility. Um, but he is, I, I assume wrongly banking on, um, what he believes is his exquisite palate and worldly experience in the culinary realm <laughs> to identify what sort of dead shit might be in this crate. He's, he's trying to figure out the bouquet of the de- of the blood in the crate. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting hints of irony. elf. Well, now the trick is to, of course, oxygenate the blood first. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> if you don't properly aerate your crate of dead critter, you'll never be able to hear the head note. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, f- first of all, why don't you give me one of them sweet con saves? Liza okay. Liza grabs okay. the edges of the crate and moves it in a circle to try and aerate the blood. Ew. Oh, God. Uh, it's not great, Sorry. you guys. That's six. Ooh, Galtier, you go over to this crate trying to investigate, see what the deal is here. You see the blood kind of pooling down below it, and you kind of, like, take the edge of your rapier and wedge it into the crate just to just an instant to take a quick peek in and you see a pale glazy eye staring back at you and for an instant and you drop the lid back down with a start and then the smell gets to you you just smell the decomposing body that is within the corpse or <laughs> that is within the crate those are the same word <laughs> I, if you were about to turn up in a motherfucker I was like no way no way <laughs> oh my god oh my god uh, the, can, the smell gets to you and you just you gag hard Liza is going to walk over and I guess you puke a little bit too well the the one thing uh, the <laughs> since there is a body in there can we gather how long this body has been in there and also I want to see do we think that this body has been uh, exploded by a bug and was put in there because there was a bug exploding out of it. Do, do Galtier, I, do I know what sort of body? Like, we still don't know. Like, you didn't specify if it was humanoid or of what uh, No, uh, no you, you dropped it pretty quick. Um, it was definitely humanoid. Prob- human or elf, half-elf maybe. Definitely humanoid figure. It could have been a dwarf. Uh, I think 25 seconds too late wiping uh, puke out of his mustache. Galtier was going like, what's the man? That don't, that don't be a man down there. Well, now, based on the fact that the blood is still seeping from the crate, that leads me to believe that it's relatively fresh, and so whomever or whatever killed this, um, well, the, this, uh, they may still be present, so we should be on high alert. Does it smell like bug? CSI, magical. <laughs> I don't know, Gaultier, does it smell like bug? Gaultier, <laughs> sort of look up. Uh, he looks wrecked. <laughs> 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 okay. 
Liza's I'm, gonna go over. Liza's gonna go and smell for I'm some bugs. Zoom. It's not, oh, the hole coming again. <laughs> okay, give me the give me the con save, Liza. I'll let you. Why not? <laughs> ha! That's a nineteen. Liza's smart enough to hold their breath. They know that there's something disgusting in here. Liza walks up to the crate, slowly puts their fingers like in between the lid and pulls it open to look inside. And Liza, you see inside this crate, it's kind of lined like uh, like maybe it was maybe it was holding some ice or some some way of cooling at some point, which is all melted at this point. And what you see are the severed portions of bodies, plural. This is a crate of arms and legs and torsos and heads. And does it smell like bug? It does not smell like bug. I don't know what bug smells like. But <laughs> well, I don't. I'm just saying, like, didn't, if wait, you were didn't to we establish that, like, if you've ever like hit, smacked a bee real hard, that's the smell of the bug. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about smushed, this last time. A smushed or ant. smushing ants. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that does have a smell, doesn't it? It does. It's oh, disgusting. Like a weird act- acrid thing. What if it was actual stink bug? Ooh. I I have never experienced the smell, the stink of a stink bug. I like that. I'm I'm going I will I am going to canonically declare right now that these bugs smell like stink bugs. Liza's just going to <laughs> open up the corner of the crate, see that it is a collection of body parts, clock it, slowly close the crate. There's many men in there. And there's a spot right there that already has vomit on it if you need it. <laughs> no, no vomit. Uh, no vomit necessary. Just pure confusion. I'm in a state of shock. I have only seen heads. I've only seen one separated head from its body. And it was official NFL football. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I've seen two heads <laughs> from the body. <laughs> well, now one of those was not properly inflated. It may not have been. Yes, but it was so convincing. It was. It I... even smelled bad. It even smelled bad. Oh, I'm, yes, that's true. I'm thinking now that perhaps our first assessment of this is a kitchen might be a, a tad inaccurate or at least not fully. Uh, capture the grotesquity of this particular space. Oh no, this place is fucked up, yo. This place is like a fucking, it's like a fucking butcher shop in here. But don't worry, I took all of the knives, rolled them up, put them in my pack. Let's move on. Liza, nature bone, please. Okay. Uh, uh, Auntie Baby, should you uh, bottle up some of this blood? It might be useful for potions. Well, that sounds like some dark magic. Uh, the nature bone was a seven. Eight. It was an eight. Ooh, um, you can't figure how long they've been in there. You, you get the look and you're just kind of in shock because it's just bodies plural that you don't even register enough to think about how long they might have been there. Ew. Ew. It's so Ew. gross. It's just, I want it's, to it's leave so this room. Well, then let's get ourselves a move on so we can get out of this wretched place sooner rather than later. Truth. Who was that? Is someone else here? <laughs> well, no, I'm leaving now. 
<laughs> Wait, come back! No, no, no! <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, you guys make your way back out to this major antechamber, um, kind of maintaining our original orientation for simplicity's sake. Um, you guys are just coming in from the from the uh, nine o'clock area of this antechamber. Yeah, I think I think we continue to move clockwise, head towards uh, twelve. Um, as you move towards the 12 o'clock direction, um, you're seeing that there are these panels on the walls are, they're still carved, but they've become like carved flat and kind of flourished. They're not necessarily depicting anything at this point. Once you enter where the tunnel narrows and becomes an actual passageway, the panels are like flourished. They have like intricate designs of, um, of like ivy and trees and things that you would find in nature that are just artistic merit being taken here. At one point, there's on the left, just before it closes up, you see a small alcove that goes into like five feet in. And inside this alcove is like a small shelf. There's a carving that's about 12 inches tall that depicts like a dwarf with an axe in its hand. So there's a plaque that just has the name carved under it, Crevin Noctis. And it's just kind of one of these nature designs kind of on the three sides around it, carved in this little small alcove. Um, it kind of seems like this guy this guy was somebody, you know, somebody significant in these wars. Um, and it continues from there? Yeah. Yeah, that's just like a small alcove right before the tunnel kind of narrows to a regular passageway. So you go forward 15, 20 feet maybe, and there's a couple, there's another small stair set that steps down. This one's in a little better shape. There's not water running down it or anything. And right at the bottom of the stair set is uh, a passageway that curves off to the right. Um, If you glance in, you see that it immediately opens up into another room. Does it also continue straight? I'm sorry. At the bottom of the stairs, the path turns a sharp 90 degree turn to the left and kind of on the right hand side it also opens up into this into this room on the other side there's no tunnel or anything if you look in you can just see this carved room similar to everywhere else you've been these have like grander depictions on the wall right like there's three distinct ones that were carved into this wall but more significantly than that in this room uh, let's do it again. Everybody roll a con save as you walk past this room. Uh, that is a 12 for Galtier. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a 21 for Babitha. 17 for Viral Lysa. That is a 19 for Blip. Oh, great. You guys are all smart enough to hold your, your handkerchiefs over your face as you're walking around now. <laughs> The smell of this room hits you like a physical force. It absolutely reeks of piss and body odor in the worst way. Body odor? Looking in, you see that there are these dingy and disgusting sleeping pallets, maybe a dozen or so of them, that are like scattered on the floor in here. Does it look like, like kobolds? Do you go into the room? Well, no, but I can see 60 feet, so I'm just trying to like what I can see from here. Uh, roll a perception from outside the door, then. 16. You take a quick glance around this room, and there's these pallets on the floor. 
and you realize that at least part of this terrible scent can be attributed to the dead body of a doppelganger that's next to one of the sleeping pallets. Ooh. Yikes. So this is the same thing that we would have seen when the mayor died. Yes. A similar long gangly body with a slightly elongated smooth bald black head. Do I see any resemblance between them? Is that a doppelganger thing? I, You're not familiar enough with doppelgangers to understand the intricacies of their general features. Ugly beasts. Babitha, you also notice looking in this room that this on the far side is like this is the far side of the room that you're looking at is the opposite side of the wall where the pool is in the main antechamber. Okay. And you can see that that pool also is on this side of the wall. Got it. I don't know if I'm like describing that thing accurately enough. Like there is a wall and just a hole under it. So like if you wanted to swim through the piss and shit, you could go under and come into this room or go into the main antechamber. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. Gross. Very disgusting. Andy Dufresne would be proud. Um, Well, my friends, um, do we want to uh, continue down this way or do we want to have a quick look at the uh, other path in the antechamber and just make sure there's nothing down that way before we get too far from the entrance? Yeah, so just to note, as it turns off to the left here, there's like a sharp 90. It's so far that you can't see the end of it. Right. So it's a it's a long narrow pathway. Yeah. I'd rather um, Babitha is suggesting that we go back to the antechamber, check out that other passageway before we go yeah. down yeah. the dark, scary one. Yeah, I was I was uh, picking up what you were putting down, and the past two things that we've seen have been pretty horrifying. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if we want to just continue uh, the horror show, I'm down. But uh, if we don't feel that we're down for that. I'm good to just get the fuck out of here. Gaultier? This doesn't seem to be leading us towards what we are after. It may be smart not to stir up this horn. It's nest too hard. I don't think there's any... Based off of what we've seen so far, it looks like there isn't a whole lot of immediate danger that we would come in contact with if we were to go check out the other side of the antechamber, but also... um, whatever is killing all these things may just be in the other half of the antechamber. So So you want to backtrack and go to three? Yeah, I would say so. Yes, I think let's just, before we get too far and too lost, let's make sure that we've considered all of our routes carefully. I agree. Yeah, Yeah, this hallway that you guys have just gone down is, is only 30 or 40 feet. It's not, you haven't gone, you know, any exceptional distance down. So yeah, just head back, maybe get a feel for, for each of the directions before you, uh, Make a, a solid pick. Correct, Amundo. Right. So we're back in the antechamber, and we are now at the three o'clock doorway. Um, again, these aren't. It's not like a doorway. This is passageway. just. Um, yeah, it's just a passageway. This one is wider than the other two. It's kind of a more open space that you're able to walk through. So instead of these like narrow ten foot by fifteen foot tall ceilings, you're kind of walking through now like a cavern. Um, it's not like mm. grandiose or anything, but it again is, well, I guess it is grandiose in its own way. It's not large is what I mean, but it is very, um, grandiose in the sense of dwarven artistry that is 
carved onto the walls and there's like these arches that were hand carved by the dwarves. They didn't need to have them, but they carved them because they are good at that sort of stuff and it looks fantastic. Um, so you're seeing these more images of these fights and battles that are breaking out. Can each one of you guys roll me a perception check? So 13 for Babitha. 13 for Liza. <laughs> and a 19 for Blood. Uh, dirty 20 for G. You guys are walking through this cavern and Gaultier, you, you're looking around. There's more of these, these small statues, these 12 inch or so statues that have their names, just a name on a plaque depict, depicting some sort of war hero is probably. And as you turn to look at one, you under your feet is just a crunch and you pick up your foot and you realize that there's where the floor is this black, black and gray stone. It's become layered with this like white dust almost. And you pick up your foot and you have crunched on some kind of a bone. Oh, now watch, watch the steps here. But as you guys are walking down this hallway, you hear the crunch of the bone and look back at Galtier for just a second. And then frogs have good ears, right? They don't have good ears. They don't have ears. They have yes, they, holes in their head. Well, they, they're they still ears. They are auditory are they sensory good, organs. Are they good hearers? I mean, they use sound to communicate with each other, right? So Yeah, maybe they de-evolved earlobes because they were so good at hearing they didn't need them. That's how it works. Do you think the lobe is the part that hears, bud? <laughs> Blep looks back, hearing the crunch under Galtier's feet, and as he looks back... His ear twitches for a second as he hears coming from the hallway. A, a groaning coming from down the hallway. A groaning or a cry. Okay. Uh, but I can't see anything? Um, from where you guys are standing, you cannot. You can see out to your kind of max 60-foot distance, and it's just shrouded in darkness beyond. Can I read you a web result to our query before we uh, go get killed by whatever this horrible creature is? <laughs> what is your query? Uh, frogs do not have external ears like us. However, they do have <laughs> eardrums and an inner ear. The frog ear is called the tympanum. It is the circle you see behind the frog's eye. Some are big, some are small, blah, 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 blah. Their eardrum works like a regular eardrum with one very special adaptation. It is connected to their lungs. The lungs vibrate and are almost as sensitive to hearing as the eardrum. This allows frogs to make really loud sounds without hurting their own eardrums. The lungs are capable of doing this by equalizing the pressure differences between the outer surface of the eardrum and the Whoa. inner surface of the eardrum. This adaptation may also be important awesome. in the frog's ability to locate where other sounds are coming from. Thank you, BerkeMuseum.org. That is so cool. That's dope as fuck. So basically, Bleb knows what that sound is and where it's coming from. From his chest. Instead of say it with your chest, feel it in his chest. Instead of instead of say it with your chest, he hears it with his chest. He rolled a nineteen. He can tell that that's coming from a hundred feet from where you guys are. What well, croaks onto Babitha and she shows. Oh, well, it appears that there's some sort of uh, groaning coming from further down that direction. A quick point of clarification, because I was looking up frog facts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which direction is the sound coming from? 
Um, so this corridor, this this cavern, is mostly straight, and it slowly turns to the left. Okay, and we're hearing it further into this three. O'clock. Yeah, a hundred okay. feet or okay. so deeper into this cavern. What kind of bone did you step on? It's crunched. Are there more of them? Roll a nature check. We're getting our checks in down here. I like it. That's a 12. A blep. Blep is able to identify, looking around, a few various types of humanoid bones that are sort of scattered. It's kind of hard to identify what particularly they are. Again, similar to the bodies that you found in the in the chest in the kitchen. Dwarf, maybe half-elf, elf, human, they're all fairly similar as far as bone structure goes. Now, we, don't, we know we have another one of these doppelgangers potentially responsible here uh, as part of this plan. And that uh, uh, a bit of information we found in the mayor's office... Uh, the letter was was talking about a mine, the pit, a pit. That yes, do we think that perhaps this is that that pit? The pit is and, almost full, right? Is what they said. Mm. Yeah, right. Seems like maybe they're keeping something down here that requires uh, feeding. I'm just concerned with whatever that sound in the distance that blep mentioned is is this are these people being brought down here to be killed or are they is this a survivor or is this the killer is this the feeder I don't know I don't know about you guys but Babitha is spooked like she's she's visibly like rattled by all of this we have to presume that if Willow came this way she would have made herself a target This may have just become more of a rescue sort of operation. I will say, uh, Liza is still in state of shock, <laughs> rather than <laughs> re- like more in like survival mode than. Uh, I shock you. Particular. Yeah. I shock you. Galtier, noticing that your friend Babitha is spooked and creeped out in this cavern, you kind of like wave your torch around trying to get your bearings here you notice another one of these small statues and then as you're looking around you hear and blep also hears a shut up now hold on i think we have bugs babitha from the ceiling the sticky web encompasses your entire body Roll them bones, gentlemen and lady. At the beginning of this battle fully drowns out Gaultier trying to be like, back to back, everyone, do our cool, oh, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) One second. The six from Liza. Nice. That's an 11 from Babitha. Gaultier, your initiative, please. Gaultier got a 15. Nice, nice. All right, here we go. 
Welcome to the dungeon! We got spiders and shit. So, the spider shoots down this sticky web that just wraps and completely entangles Babitha. And the spider crawls over on the ceilings of these things. It crawls around one of these elaborately carved arches in the stone and drops onto Babitha. And Babitha, you're looking straight at it helpless as its maw opens up. Oh, that might not hit, though. How does, uh... Oh, maybe 17? That hits. Ooh, Babitha, I'm so sorry. No, you're not. I'm not. You targeted your (laughs) wife who's afraid of spiders. (laughs) Give me a con save, please. We've been doing a lot of those tonight. It's a 20, dirty 20. Ooh, you got it. Alright, so you are going to take, not too bad, six points of damage. You'll be fine. You'll live forever. And you are mechanically, by the way, I guess just restrained is what it says. Galtier, it is your turn. The spider has dropped down directly on top of the now helpless Babitha. What do you do? Oh, no! Um, how far away am I from her? Are we like, are we pretty close together? Probably 10 feet or so. Like maybe you were looking at one of these war depictions or something of that nature. But yeah, fairly close. Okay, so I want to try something that might be kind of bullshit, but um, I want to take my torch and try to burn some of the web off of Babitha. Oh, I love it. Okay. I, I don't really have anything that's a good slashing thing, so I'm going to use fire instead, hopefully. And then if I can mm-hmm. get to where she is able to move... And actually, let me ask you this. Is she incapacitated in game terms? Um, she's not incapacitated. She is restrained. Light me on fire. Which I don't know, honestly, that I've seen as a condition. Okay, so I, this is where I'm not sure how well this works. Here's what I want to do. I want to try to free Babitha enough, and I'm willing to use my action to torch the web. And then I want to use my bait and switch maneuver, which allows me to basically run up to her and swap places with her um, to, to pretty much okay. get myself between her and the spider. That's the end goal. Do we have the restrained condition pulled up anywhere? I'll pull it up. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm, like... I'm not sure that I've ever actually seen restraint before. It doesn't prohibit any actions besides movement over space. The creature has disadvantage on decks, and it has, I get it, binge on attack rolls. Okay, so her, her speed is zero, but... But you could move her. I could move her. Okay, cool. Um, it says it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Your ability is not utilizing her speed, so I don't see why you couldn't do that. Go ahead and roll an attack roll uh, with the, the torch. Okay. Uh... Do I add anything to that? Probably dexterity, I guess we'll call it. You have proficiency uh, with torches. I, I, I don't think that you're proficient with torches, but I'll let you use your dexterity as you're trying to you're trying to get it okay, in there. So on that thing that is a nine. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but that is a miss. <laughs> I think I think he does the. Uh, it's a classic um, action movie thing of like you know the the Jurassic Park waving the flare and yeah. the Indiana Jones movie waving the torch. Like it's a little too frantic to be effective. <laughs> That does not inhibit your ability to swap places with her. Okay, sick. So I'm going to do that. Um, and then I roll my die here. The way bait and switch works is my my superiority die that I use gets added to one of our ACs. I'm going to take the AC bonus for myself uh, and just get in front of Babitha, push her behind me. That's it. We're done. Dope. So am I restrained? Uh, my hand's off the chest piece, but uh, I messed up that first attack. Um, what did you say? I'm sorry. So was he successful? Am I still restrained? Yes. Excuse me. You are still restrained, but you have been moved out of the way. So instead of burning you free, I waved a torch around and then I 
through you behind me as a full fucking web mummy. Just like... (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea. This spider is like, you know, it's probably like 10 feet tall or so. It's a giant spider. I love the idea of just waving this torch, like like you said, Jurassic Park style, just to distract it for a second and then throw her out of the way. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Not as Look over as here! Cool Look over I here! Babitha, Babitha you magic. are up and you cannot move. Your speed is zero. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do anything. It means you cannot move. So, what would you like to do? Well, Restrained is like grappled, but better. And I can't, like, use my action to try to break free? You can. I think your movement is zero, not like you can't use a somatic spell component, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably right. I was going to see if you could come up with something clever without that, but I think that rules as written, you probably could use somatic stuff. It says you can cast any spell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Shit, dude, so all I got to do is get restrained and I just get wish? Yeah. <laughs> you might be reading too too deep into that one. Maybe. That's that's my next build. It's a weird like BDSM guy who just ties himself up. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So okay. you can you can I will also tell you as an action you can try to break free, yes. Your leather armor is just a gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's leather armor that only covers the face. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to use my action to try to break free. Actually, I think the homunculus servant, um, did they, did my hurry staff get caught up in the web? Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. So they're not going to go. Hubbub's going to stay still. Babithy uses her action to try to escape the web. All right. Give me a strength check. This is not something that I'm very good at, dear. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm throwing the die everywhere. I've got to back up. It's fine. You were just rolling a d4. (laughs) (sighs) That's a 13. Babitha, you bust out of this thing. Oh my god. You're tearing away at all all these strands of gooey, sticky spider web. You're able to break free. Thank God. That was a 13 on the die. I have zero strength. So uh, (laughs) I really didn't know how that was going to go. Cool. So then she's going to use her bonus action to cast heal wounds on herself. Classic. Or sorry, healing word on herself. Uh, So 1d4 plus... What's my spell Oh, so that's going to give me six points of damage back, which I believe is maybe what I took just now from Lesbidre. Hubbub is going to rush out and try to whack the spider. <laughs> Hubbub, Hubbub is the name of your hurry staff, your hurricane? Yeah, my hurry staff is named Hubbub. Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I just just wanted to clarify. Well, so I should. So my homunculus servant is. Uh, it uses my staff, my hurry staff, as its like vessel. So, you know, it's your homunculus servant. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, We're working on that. For that seven was a episodes. twelve. A twelve to hit the spider with hubbub. Uh, hubbub whacks the spider, but is unable to deal damage. Okay. It just Let- thwinks off of the very thick exoskeleton. It hisses at the staff. 
Uh, Wep sees this bullshit going down, and he helped Dritch blast that bitch. Of course he does. A crit for a kill, right? Because that's what he does. <laughs> that is an 18. Uh, that does hit. Fuck yes. Um, <laughs> that's gonna do a detail of damage. Match. That is um, three points of damage. Oh, poor Blep. That's not good. No. That's better than nothing. Is Blep going to try to tactically maneuver himself into a better position, or is he good where he's at? Uh, I think he's good where he's at. Like, he's not in direct, like... Yeah, yeah, I love it. Liza, that brings us back to you. Not back to you. That brings us to you for the first time. First thing Liza's going to do is they see this, like, web come down. Shit starts to get crazy. And they just want to make sure that there are no other spiders that are, like, going to be crawling down, like, as we're distracted mm-hmm. by the big boy or the big lady. Uh, <laughs> by the big one. So, uh, is that, can can they look around? Yeah, and roll just kinda... a, yeah, roll a perception check, definitely. Okay. Woo! 19. You quickly look around, torchlight illuminating the chamber, and you don't see anything. Okay, that's somewhat encouraging. But did you look up? <laughs> oh shit, no. Uh, 12 spiders. Ah, uh, fuck! <laughs> uh, so uh, the first thing that Liza's gonna do is just gonna cast Bane on the uh, spider. Ooh, Bane is a great spell. That is a wisdom save. Uh, no, charisma save. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> Spiders are not charismatic. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought. <laughs> ooh, classic! What a move. Um, okay, I rolled an eight. Against Bane. Ooh. So okay. Spider-Man is Bane. Ooh, I, sh- I gave too much away. Now you know he's Spider-Man. Oh, no. Shit. You know his name. Um, yeah, so the, the reason I wanted to check around was um, if if there were other spiders, I could cast this on two other uh, creatures. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, Bane is super cool. I really like it. Yeah, so for, um, for the next minute, uh, I have concentration on it. The target must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from any attack or saving throw. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to... I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to Babitha and just be like, Babs, I just want to say, white looks great on you. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you, darling. It's not a color that I seldom wear, but it's always good to know that I can pull it off. And then uh, I am going to say that I'm going to run over and try and put myself in between the spider and uh, Blep as well. So Galtier's got uh, Liza covered and I've got Blep covered. Okay. So the way that I see this, so we're back at the top of the order here. So the way that I see this is you guys are kind of like up against, like Babitha has been thrown up against this wall where these depictions are. Where she's safe and away from the spider, and Liza and Galtier are currently moved up in between, trying to take some of this, take some of his attention and distract him. It's the spider's turn, and what he's actually going to do is move away from, <laughs> move away from Galtier and Liza, and it's going to scurry. It's going to scurry up to the wall, and it's going to climb up the wall about five feet, 
and turn sideways and try to chomp back down on Babatha's head. Does that create you guys can both? What did I do to you that you're taking out on me right now? (laughs) Galtier and Liza, you are both free to take opportunity attacks against Uh, this thing as it it's trying to like it uses two of its feet to try to push its way around. Fuck this shit up! Because I have not pulled out my sword yet, I'm gonna try to just grab it. Oh god, no, okay. Absolutely not. Liza <laughs> punches Goldie in the I'm face. Gonna grab it. Uh Liza is going to well, for an opportunity attack, can Liza pull out a weapon? I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it right now, but um I but drawing a weapon might be a free action. Yeah, you I can as is. as a part of any action you can draw a weapon, so. Yeah, I, I really like the flavor that Matt put on it with not drawing a weapon though. Like that's kind of that's that's a lot of fun. But okay. yeah, if you wanted to draw your weapon, you you could. I was just gonna pull out a dagger and just go to town on uh, the thorax of this animal. Sure. Uh, so I, I assume it's regular, regular uh, grapple rules, right? It's uh, athletics checks. Yeah. Yep. So I will athletics my way out. Hey, you just made me do a straight strength trick. Yeah, well, that's because you were breaking a special ability called web. It was different. I rolled a 17 to dodge the grapple. Okay, sorry. I'm just double checking and making sure I don't have anything I could use to help me with this because this is not one of my strong suits. Okay, we're rolling. It's a 14. You try to grab. You're unsuccessful. Unfortunately, the spider yoinks its leg away from you. Liza, make your opportunity attack. The spider turns around. Uh, uh, yeah, so I crit with the dagger, so that's 2d4 plus 2. Roll for d4. Um, and so, would I be able to apply sneak attack to this? We're, yeah, we're engaged with it. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. I fucking hate it, but I don't see You have see an ally within well. 5 feet, baby? So I, yeah, I think that you could, yeah. It says once per turn, and... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and a dagger is a uh, finesse weapon, so... Go cool. for it. Um, go, baby, go! This is cool. going to be a so, lot of damage, isn't so it? So 2d4 plus 2, and then a d6. You double your sneak attack for... Because they're dice. Yep. So they yep. crit counts. Oh, fuck. Holy shit. Okay. This is incredible. Uh, so the first one was a 3. Second one was a 3. Two, six. So 14, 16 damage. Jinkies. With Fuck a yeah. dagger. Fuck yeah. I love that I described as it was like turning around to walk away from you and you were like, can I sneak attack it? Like, yeah, 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 man, there's its butt. <laughs> I like that next next to this expert ninja attack is Gautier <laughs> holding a torch and just vainly grabbing at it. <laughs> Just trying to grab the legs of a spider. I love it. All right, so now the spider is going to actually take its turn as it scurries up this wall and rotates on the wall, grabs down at Babitha, and it's going to try to chomp upon her. And minus a d4 from this attack. Okay, so that would make my total a minus three. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) That's gonna miss. (laughs) 
I rolled a natural one. Fuck yeah. Unfortunately. I stabbed your ass so you eat my ass. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna be his to turn. To eat your, your abdomen or your thorax. Eat my thorax, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's all of Spider-Man's turn. Galtier, you're up yet again, flailing wildly your torch. Okay, is this thing? Did it like it ran around like it wall? Did a sick wall ride? Yeah, like, yeah, it looked hell. Tony good. Hawk Pro Skater style. Yeah, uh, it, it was oh, made out yeah. of two polygons for a brief second for some reason. <laughs> uh, it, it did a kickflip and then it turned into a spider again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody in the background was like, toy, toy, noise, noise. Um, <laughs> but can I, I'm is like, there, I'm a spider man. <laughs> is there a space for me to like maneuver over there? Or is it now like up on the wall? Like, can, can I get to it? I guess is what I'm asking. So it's only about five feet up on the wall. Like it's trying to chomp at Babitha's head. So okay. you could pretty easily like scoot in. You'd be kind of attacking on a diagonal, but you could get a, a effective melee attack in against it. Okay, sweet. I will. Yeah, I, I mean, do... I'm my head's only three feet from the ground, or less than. So this is true. <laughs> this spider is probably giant to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will. Uh, yeah. I will go ahead and just make a sword attack. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a twenty-three. A twenty-three is a hit. And I'm gonna keep that. That's pretty good. So that is uh, ten points of piercing damage. Ooh, nasty! Super nasty! Lovely. It's not looking so hot. It's oozing blood now from its thorax, dripping onto Babitha. Gross! I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. You're up, Babitha. Well, first and foremost, Hubbub is going directly for this chomping mandible of this grotesque creature. That is an 18 plus 4 to hit. This is a 22. Yeah. You guys are, this This has turned around very quickly. You guys are railing this poor spider. Hubbub does 5 points of force damage. <laughs> then Babitha. More blood drips upon your face. Blood drips on your face. <laughs> so Babitha and Blip uh, kind of go shoulder to shoulder immediately and both stretch out their hands in tandem. Guys, I'm not shitting you. I just rolled their dice at the same time. I was like, I'm using the here. red one for Blip, I'm using the black one for Babitha. I rolled 16 on both dice. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say natural 20s on both. That would have been insane. Uh, okay. Whew. Whatever your bonus is, those do both hit. Okay, great. So those both hit. Um, and so what you see is they go shoulder to shoulder and in perfect tandem reach, reach out their hands and they shoot out twin Eldritch Blasts. <laughs> <laughs> so corny. I love it. They're like shoulder to shoulder. Uh -huh. Pop pop their hips. <laughs> I love the idea of Babitha and Blep as like uh, goblin core like magical girls. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Babitha, this is the first time that she has cast it. She does six points of damage and Blep, the blaster extraordinaire, does ten points of damage. Jesus. 
I, I don't know if I love or hate that this is simultaneous because I want Blep to have this kill because Blep is the nasty boy of the party. The spider explodes on the wall in front of you. You like it opens up its mandibles to Ooh. take a chomp at you, and the two of you just like kagoosh, and its whole head explodes, and the blast follows through into the thorax and cracks open and spews blood and guts all over you. Gross. <laughs> Spider is dead. Combat is ended. You survived, and it really wasn't that bad, was it? No, it was pretty bad. Uh, covered in this, this is horrific, actually. There's literally a fucking ant on my microphone right now. <laughs> I mean, Fuck I, well, you. I, I don't know how that's relevant to the combat, but it's fucking insects. <laughs> Galtier, in the thrill of post-combat, your adrenaline is rushing and you're you're staring at Babitha and Blep of these, as they have just exploded this spider. You're drawn back to reality by... <laughs> a moan from down in the darkness. Uh, and that's just Liza. Now, I understand we're going to have to be perhaps... A bit more cautious, but that could be someone in need. Can I see them now that I'm in the room? Um, you guys aren't quite in the room, but you can definitely move that way if you'd like. I want to get within. I want to move approximately forty feet forward, so I'm within sixty <laughs> feet of the groaning in front of me. Okay, but first you hear. Oh fuck! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Gothia's gonna stick with Babitha and try to like as she sort of struts off like you know, obviously, like, sort of looking because she has the superior night vision, or dark vision. Um, Gothia's gonna try to stay, like, up with her because he keeps trying to put himself in the front and then being a big blowhard and ending up in the back. <laughs> and he's finally, like, doing it right and getting up to the front of the group. Sure, sure. So, you move down this cavern and it narrows just a little bit with this beautiful dwarven uh, architecture that you've seen all around the place. And it curves off to the left pretty sharply and I'll describe two things to you really quickly. The first thing that you notice that's very obvious is as you're walking down this cavern the this white powder on the floor gets thicker and thicker and the bones on the floor become there are more of them as you're progressing down this multiplying. path. Multiplying. Thank you. Denser, more frequent. They become more frequent. And you get to the end of this cavern and you can see the wall and you can you see that the far side of the wall directly in front of you is covered in white sticky web just like you were encased in earlier. And you round this corner to see this is nothing but a grandiose alcove. You've seen these small alcoves with the small 12 inch figures that were depicted with various names. You round this corner and it's a massive alcove, 20 feet or so in diameter and 30 feet tall as this almost cathedral-esque ceiling was carved into the stone of Crescia Dome. Beautiful, ornate. It's all covered in spider webs and piles of bones and bone dust litter the floor. But what is in this cavern is a massive statue of a dwarven man bearing two 
great war hammers, one over each shoulder, and the name Fogrir Greyborn, the Great. This is a beautiful depiction of the great king that carried the dwarves through this massive war. And as you're looking at it, from the side, you didn't notice it before, but now you hear, and you see this bulbous black head from this body that's caught up in the spider webs as it looks up at you, pain, misery in its eyes. The doppelganger drops his head. We can only wonder what happens from here. You fucking Make sure to catch dick. Knuckle Bones next time. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was coming at some point. We can't play forever. Hey, come on, buddy. Look, I got stories to tell. Uh, What's the matter with me? Like, I got mandibles. I can fucking tell a story.